Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin is back because the GHSA state championships are here. Our last hurrah, the finish line, the end of the marathon, it is here. State champions will be crowned, and we have to break it down. It's It's been a wild ride here in the month of, uh, I guess it's now officially March, March the 2nd. The March to Macon is here, and we have 16 games across boys and girls, eight classifications. We will switch up the order as tradition as we've done in previous years. We will go in order of the games to be played. Uh, in chronological order, so we'll start by day one, Wednesday, March 4th, a private, a public, and so on. But before we jump into that, Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a very busy week, trying to help out uh, as many people as possible with interviews here and there, um, just trying to impart the the knowledge I've tried to collect over the season, whether it be factual knowledge. Well, factual knowledge is, of course, it, but um, my opinions on things Always uh, fun to get it out there, but I'm doing well, trying to finish strong, ready to get on the beach and relax after a long, strenuous season, but the show must go on, Ramin, and I I know no one cares about what I'm talking about right now, so let's get into the good stuff. Yes, sir, indeed. This is one last hurrah. Let's make it a good one. Starting on Wednesday, March the 4th, down at the Macon Centerplex, the opening games will be a private on the girls' side. Maybe we've talked about it all season. It's not going to get interesting in the playoffs until the Final Four, the championship. This is the kind of crown jewel, if you want to call it. Girls, a private. Power rankings, number one. Our poll, number one. St. Francis, 27-3 record, will be taken on the power ranked number two, Holy Innocence, at 2 p.m., Kyle. Yes, St. Francis took care of business, 75-61 over Wesleyan, finally slayed that dragon, and Holy Innocence, um, somewhat a controversial with the walk call there, uh, beat Hebron Christian, 52-48, but I do think these are the two best teams in Class A Private, and we get to see a good showdown. I think coaching will be really big in this one. I think St. Francis... Will they have a good enough game plan to beat Holy Innocence? I think St. Francis has more talent than Holy Innocence. I think it's comparable, but I think I think they have enough talent to win this one. Savannah Samuel is going to have to be really big. Oregon State signee. Bounced around from school to school, but she is really good. Had 22 points and 11 rebounds against Wesleyan. But even Maya Moore had 30 points. Uh, really, really big, really big game for her against Wesleyan. And, uh, and then Amur uh, Abdurrahim going to Notre Dame had 14 points against Wesleyan. So St. Francis has some size. How are they going to choose to defend Jill Hollingshed? That is it. Hollingshed was a, a monster in the state championship game last year, almost single-handedly beat Wesleyan. Um, she had 20 points in the semifinals against Hebron. What will they do? What will Coach Kennedy do to slow her down? Um, St. Francis, we'll see if they press. I know they have the length. They love to get people turned over and press, and I think they might be effective against Holy Innocence doing so. Um, but it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, St. Francis, they haven't been there in a little while, and Holy Innocence, of course, the defending state champs. Um, a little surprised Holy Innocence got here. I knew they they had some graduation uh, got hit with that, and then Myra Hudgens transferring out. So they had a, a little bit of some uncertainty at a couple positions. Of course, they had uh, Rachel Settle coming back, Jada Farrell and Hong. I said, 
Um, that's usually enough, but guard play was a big issue, or at least a big area of who is going to fill in there, especially with Sierra Foster getting hurt. And Naja Reeves has done a really nice job. Um, I believe I picked St. Francis to win the title this year. I, I think I'm going to stick with them. Um, I got to see what what they get out of the big three of Moore, uh, Samuel, and also Abdur Rahim. Um, should be a good game. I think there's going to be a lot of talent on the floor, obviously. But I just think with uh, Savannah Samuel, with her ability to be able to score in the half court uh, at all three levels, I think that's going to come into play big time. And I think St. Francis will be able to scratch out a close win over Holy Innocence. On the boys' side of a private, St. Francis sends another squad, the number one power ranked and a number one in our poll. They will pro- play, excuse me, number two, Green Force. Both teams coming off five-point wins in the Final Four. Oh, yes. Uh, St. Francis and Green Force, this is a game we've been wanting to see for a while. I mean, the last time they hooked up was 2017 when Green Force uh, pounded the very young St. Francis team in the Final Four. Um, St. Francis... Really good. I think this is a, a game that's going to come down to who plays at their tempo. Obviously, if this game gets up and down, or at least considering if Dwan Odom is able to get into the transition game, I think he is the best point guard in the state of Georgia in transition. I think he's really electric. Uh, I think he'll be able to cut them up in transition. Uh, and if they are able to play really fast and take out those shot blockers and those big guys, Christian Fussell, if they're able to get them out of the paint, I think that'll help out. Um Someone who I'm looking at here, and I'll be interested to see how he produces in their final game of their career, Chase Ellis. I know he uh, was just the uh, took over as the all-time leading rebounder, I believe, at St. Francis. He's only about six foot three, maybe. Uh, and how is he going to impact this game against you know a six six, six eight, seven foot of Green Force? Is he going to be able to produce his trademark eleven points and seven rebounds? I don't know. It's going to be uh, something to keep an eye on just to see how effective Ellis is. I know he's an ultimate competitor, but he's going up against a huge, huge lineup. And I'll be interested to see just how well uh, he'll be able to help out on the glass. Uh, someone who I think is going to be an X Factor is Usain Holt at 6'6", inside and out. Uh, he could stretch out the defense, knock down some threes. Um, he's going to be really big. And I do think St. Francis has enough shooters to win this game. Seth Hubbard had 14 points in the semifinals. Obviously, Jordan Brown as well can stretch the floor. Those guys are going to have to knock down shots against Green Force. Green Force, they have Lamar Odin, um, a big playmaker. And, of course, uh, Chase Cormier, I think he can be a, a big piece, his three-point shooting, transferring in from St. Pius in the middle of the season. But another sophomore, Jalen Forrest, 17 points in the semifinals. Big physical kid. He's been really tough down the stretch. Um, St. Francis has been the team all season long. I know they – you know, they'll let Mount Pisca get back into this game. Um, you know, won 63-58. But St. Francis went 11-14 from the line in the fourth quarter to really ice this one. I think St. Francis wins this one. I think St. Francis has been the best team in Class A private all year long. But, shoot, we've said that the past three years. And, you know, the first time it didn't go well. Uh, they had a bunch of sophomores. But now all these guys are seniors. It's really hard to repeat as state champions. But, I just think with Coach Catlett, I think he gives them a, a boost on the X and O's. And with Dewan Odom, I think he's going to be good enough. He's seen, you know, size doesn't really matter to a player like that. I think St. Francis, uh, I think we'll have enough balance. I think it's going to be a, a good, entertaining game, but I'm going with St. Francis. 
onto a public on the ladies' side. Number one, Central Talbotton will take on Sandy Spiel. Number two, Wheeler County at 6 o'clock. Both teams cruise with about 20-point victories in the final four, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Um, how will Wheeler County slow down Bernila Sparks? That's the big question. Bernila Sparks, probably the front runner to win Class A Public Player of the Year. Uh, she went for 28 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, three steals, and two blocks against Calhoun County. Um, but they got some role players that stepped up. Rajon Johnson, I know I said that wrong, uh, and Tashimia Bunkley. Um, that was 14 and 12 points right there. And then Shakimia Marshall had 20 rebounds and eight assists. Uh, but they're playing against a Wheeler County team that is balanced. Now, Central Talbotton, uh, obviously Sparks does the bulk of the scoring. And then Marshall is usually their second leading scorer. And they got one more that can give you double digits. But Wheeler County, uh, they can put up four or five girls in double figures every single time. And uh, they had a great game against Turner County, 81-66. Sometimes I don't know how accurate the stats are. I mean, it was recorded that they had 30 assists. I mean, 30 assists is a lot of assists in any game, whether it be 7A boys or 1A public girls. That's a lot of assists. But Kiana Mincy recorded 21 points, 8 rebounds. Samaria Bryant, 17, 8, and 12 assists. Uh, Leela Wright, 17 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, and Kalia Harris, 16 points, 8 rebounds. With that being said, Wheeler County, very balanced. I've been saying I think this is a team that can get over the hump. They're all seniors pretty much. Uh, They've been through the wars. I think where they might have an advantage is their guard play with Mincy and Bryant. I think they do have good guard play. I think right at about 5'11 inside is going to be uh, good enough to kind of get in the way of Sparks and make things a little bit difficult maybe. Um so I'm going with Wheeler County in this one. I just think they're they're very well balanced, but uh, they got to slow down Bernila Sparks. They cannot let her go crazy. That's obviously going to be the game plan for Coach Wright. Um, got to slow her down somehow. But I'm going with the Bulldogs. And finally, the nightcap on day one of the GHSA State Championships on Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Number one Trutland looks to finish an undefeated season as they take on Hancock Central. Uh, Trutland, uh, they were up big. They were up really big uh, against Terrell County, but Trutland, they play extremely fast, and that gives you a ton of possessions, which means there's a ton of opportunities for teams to get back into the game. So what could have been uh, looked like a 15, 20-point victory uh, early on in the game ended up being uh, closer uh, than that, and they had to kind of hold on 68-63. And then you're looking at Hancock Central, who just annihilated my quote-unquote team of destiny, Wilcox County, 83-59. Um, I'm going with Hancock in this one. I'm not picking against Hancock. I know Trutland's undefeated, but for that simple fact of how fast Trutland plays, if you are able to slow them down a little bit, things get a little weird. Um, sometimes they could take really quick rush shots, which aren't very good opportunities, good looks. Um, obviously Chris Floyd, Kasabian Mitchell, Cameron Jordan, really good, all seniors. Uh, but I think Hancock Central with those two juniors, Leroy Wilson and Jamal Taylor, both averaging over 15 points per game. I think those two guys are going to be really, really tough. And uh, I, I'm going with Hancock Central in this one. I just think Region 7 is always a really, really good region. And just seeing how they just obliterated Wilcox County, They have all the momentum. I'm going with Hancock Central. On Thursday afternoon, the first game is 2A girls. 
our Sandy Spiel number one, Douglas, will be taking on a Southwest Macon team who you saw play in the Final Four, Kyle, and had a bit of an incredible comeback to get here. Yeah, uh, geez, a 19-6 run to win 54-52. Uh, Stangius Al- Alford, uh, the game winner. Um, that was a weird game. I, you know, heading into this one, the championship game, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because Coach Goolsby, he did not make any adjustments. They were pressing pressing Kiara Berry the entire time, put his team in a bad position. She was just running wild. Um, Rockmart lost this game because they stopped giving her the ball and they wanted to you know, throw it around carelessly. Southwest Macon's very fortunate to be here. Now, I think Southwest Macon is certainly good. Um, and I think their, their grittiness, especially Alfred, you know, talking to Kowasi Reeves, telling me uh, the, the heart and soul of the team, and he was so right. I mean, she had 23 points, 19 rebounds, two assists, five steals, and two blocks. Um, six-footer I liked inside Avery Grayer, 15 points, 19 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and six blocks. But to be honest, Southwest, they played horrible. They were really, really, really bad for the majority of this game. And give them credit, they hung around, they hung around, they hung around, and they they made their move late. But they missed so many layups. It was was bad. If they play like that against Douglas, they're going to get blown out. They're really going to get blown out. Do I think they're going to play that bad? I do not think so. Uh, Hopefully they got the jitters out of their system. Uh, They're definitely going to need to get um, some bigger, better play from uh, Ja'Kayla Johnson uh, with her uh, fouling out. Only had two points in the game. Uh, She did not have a good performance. Um, But, you know, I think with their physicality and just their toughness and their, you know, they they stick with it, they stick with it, they stick with it. And I think they do move the ball pretty well on offense when things are clicking around. I think they can get the ball to Grayer at the high post and she looks to turn and, you know, they can get some good looks. But – or Grayer and Alfred, I don't think they're going to combine for 38 rebounds against a Kenya King at six foot three, a big, a big space eater. Uh, Douglas, I it probably was their best three point shooting game of the year. I was checking in, you know, how many, how many threes did they hit in, you know, their first round and their last round game? They hit maybe one or two, maybe three tops. They hit seven threes against Early County, and they needed all seven of them to beat Early County 53-49. Uh, they stepped up. Um, but are they going to shoot that well in the state championship? I don't know. And if I'm Southwest Macon, if if you're if you're coaxing Douglas into shooting, you know, 10, 15 threes in a game, I will live with that. Um, Kayla Sesbury hit four threes. She had 18 points. Ashley McKee had 15 points. Shanti Weems had 12 points. The big three right there are really productive. I don't know if Douglas is going to shoot that well again. Uh, seven threes is a lot for that team. Um, but I think where they are going to match up well with Southwest is just defensively and how athletic they are. Sesbury, she has such quick hands on the perimeter. Uh, I think she's going to be able to really uh, uh, get into those Southwest guards. And I think uh, you know Kenya King, who wasn't a huge factor in this game, I think she's going to be able to impact this game a lot more uh, now that she doesn't have to deal with Michaela Timpson. And then obviously Ashanti Weems with her, uh, her athleticism on the perimeter – uh, I think she's really good. Uh, I think she'll be able to get into the lane, and I think she's going to help out rebounding. Um, I think Southwest, you know, it just depends. If, like I said, if Southwest plays like they did outside of the final six minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, I think they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, but if they play like they're capable of playing, it's going to be a really good game. But either way, uh, I'm going to go with Douglas. I just think Douglas has had such a tough route 
uh, to get to the state title game. I think after you beat Raven County, you beat who they beat, Josie, you beat Washington County, you beat Early County. I mean, they've gone through a, a murderer's row, and I think they're prepared. Uh, I think they'll be able to get one more win over Southwest. On to 2A boys where Swainsboro will take on Farrell, both teams that seem to have handled their final four games. Yes, they did. Um, we're looking at Swainsboro. Uh, they've been crushing everybody all season long, and they crushed Glen Hills in the fourth quarter. Uh, they lost their composure. They won 79-62, and now they're playing Farrell, who just you know they outmanned Chattooga 54-37, and it wasn't even that close. This game might be one of the most fun games. It's going to be a lot of athletes. It's going to be up and down. And for that reason, with Swainsboro, uh, Swainsboro switches defenses and uh, they can really uh, play fast and they can press and they have uh, a couple zone presses that they throw at you and then they can drop back into a 2-3 zone. But if they choose to run with Therrell, that's going to give Therrell a chance to win this game. Who do I think is going to win this game? Swainsboro should win this game. Swainsboro should win this game. I think they match up really well with Therrell, but since they do like to run and they do like to play fast, that's what Therrell thrives in. And if they play Therrell at their own game, Therrell is going to have an opportunity to um, you know to keep pace with them. Um, what I'm looking at in this game and why I'm going with Swainsboro, Swainsboro is really deep and they're really athletic. Now, they're not super tall, um, but those Seabro twins, uh, they are going to impact this game. And Cam Fortson, you know, he's about 6'5 inside. He gets a lot of rebounds, and he can finish inside. And he's he's going to have to, you know, bring his hard hat. Robbie Armbrester wasn't there. Robbie Armbrester was not even in the gym the other day uh, at the Final Four. And I'm not sure what was going on. He might have had some family stuff going on, but I did not see him anywhere to be found. Uh, and he's not going to be suiting up in the state title game either. Um, and and Frederick Sebro about six three, and you know Sebros, they're both big football players. And just like Fortin is a big football player, he's not. They're not nearly as big recruits as those Sebros are. Frederick had twenty one points, thirteen rebounds, and four blocks. And that is a big, strong, physical kid that plays above the rim. He is going to limit second chance opportunities. They are going to limit what Thera likes to do inside. Thera likes to score around the basket, obviously. Well, Swainsboro, they play a 2-3 zone, and they have big athletes, and they fly around, and they're going to give them a lot of trouble. Someone that's going to have a, a, a big uh, impact in this game is Derek Jones. He's only maybe 6-2 or so, but he is nonstop energy on defense, uh, blocks over three shots per game. He had five block shots against Glen Hills. Uh, he just flies around, brings such great effort. And then at the guard spot, A.J. Kingsbury had 21 points. And then uh, Emmanuel Hackett, uh, he finished with 12 points. This is a really good Swainsboro team. They can throw a lot of guys out there. You're looking at Therrell, Romanson. He's going to have to have a really good game. Uh, he's really quick. He's going to have to get out in transition, get to the uh, get to the line, get into the paint, and make things happen. But there's going to be some guys there waiting that aren't necessarily tall, like I said, but they have so many good athletes. I think they match up so well with Therrell. Therrell, without all their bullets, um, I think they're going to be in trouble. Rashawn Frederick had 20 points in the win over Chattooga. Uh, he's going to have to be really good on offense and both defense. Now, Therrell, their defense was fantastic from start to finish against Chattooga. Um, and I think their defense could give uh, Swainsboro some problems. But the same can be said about Swainsboro. They play extremely hard. They fly around. And they're going to be able to match what Therrell does. I think Therrell might be a little bit better defensively. Uh, with their on-ball pressure and everything. But, I mean, Swainsboro has just been so good all season long. 
Um, I think Theral, if they're going to win this game, like guys like Calvin Miller is going to have to knock down threes, and they're just going to have to hit some shots. But uh, I'm pushing all my chips in. Uh, I love what I saw from Swainsboro. I think they're really, really good. And like I said, with those Seabro twins, I think those guys are just the perfect players. Exactly what you need to beat a team like Theral. You need strong, physical guys that are athletes that can limit shots inside. And like I said, they might not have the length. They might not be 6'6", 6'7", but they can match uh, Theral's athleticism and probably a little more athletic than Theral, which has not been said about uh, a team like the Panthers since they won their first state title last year. Uh, I'm going with Swainsboro in this one. I think they're too deep, too athletic. Uh, I just think they're too balanced. I'm going with Swainsboro in a really entertaining game. On to Class 3A on the ladies' side, the 6 p.m. game. Beach will take on GAC. That wasn't uh, really what we thought going into this one, huh? Uh, Johnson was upset uh, by GAC, and we all know how good GAC is with Kaylee Addy. Saw her at the CTC uh, showcase before the season. She had 22 points. Uh, you got Ava Irvin with 14 points. And J.C. Bolden with 13 points. And then Molly Pritchard, who grabbed 12 rebounds. She is just a big six-foot rebounder. She averages two points per game and over 10 rebounds per game. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, these GAC girls play into their roles. They do what they're supposed to do. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much it. Now, they're going up against some really good guards as well in Beach. I mean, Beach dissected North Hall, and I was surprised about that, obviously. Kayla Rogier, 14 points. Madison Ad- uh, Evans. And Amaya Dantzler, 13 points apiece. And Beach is going to give them everything they want. And the, the worry I might have with this GAC team, I don't know if it's a worry, but just something to think about is, are they going to be able to get over the hump? Did they just win their state championship? They have to come in with this mindset of, okay, we beat Johnson. That doesn't mean anything. This could be a potential letdown game. And I hope it, it's not because um, – you know, with such a good win over Johnson, now you got to run it back and you got to beat one more uh, team from the coast, team from Savannah. It's going to be tough. Beach is always well coached. They're always gritty. In years past, they've always hit the glass hard and they've had good guard play. Um, GAC has, you know, they've seen the best of the best. GAC has played the toughest schedule in the state of Georgia, possibly out of all uh, classifications, maybe. Uh, but as far as their non-region schedule goes, no one can hold a candle to them, especially in Class 3. They're built for it. They're ready for it. Out of their 12 losses, 10 of them have come against teams ranked in the top 10 at one point, and their only loss, who they lost to twice, was Brookwood, a Class 7A school that went to the Elite Eight. So GAC is loaded, uh, or at least they, they played a loaded schedule. They're ready for this. I think it's going to be, again, another really good game, but... I'm going with GAC. They beat Johnson. They got Kaylee Addy. Uh, this is a team that I thought might be a year away from winning the state championship, but what they did to beat Jefferson, what they did to beat Johnson, they are on a really, really hot streak right now. Um, can't count out Beach, but I'm going with GAC. They're playing extremely well, and they played a great schedule all season long. And the nightcap is the 3A Boys State Championship. Number one, Sandy Spiel, number one, Pace Academy will take on number six, Jefferson. How can Jefferson compete with Cole Middleton and obviously um, Matt Cleveland? It's going to be tough. Pace has just been just smacking teams. Uh, average win, I want to say, throughout the postseason. They're winning by 31.5 points per game. 
they have murdered everyone and pardon pardon me if you don't like the term murdered but uh um uh, they've just been s- just smashing everyone no one has even played them close and i think they're gonna win this game uh running away as well jefferson has been really good um i wouldn't call them a cinderella story but it is a really nice story uh jacob radiker at six nine going to navy he's just gonna have to have you know a fantastic game like i'm talking he's gonna have to block six or seven shots he's gonna have to be able to knock down four or five threes he's just gonna have to put on his superhero cape and do it but jefferson's been a team uh, that has been extremely balanced every single game you're seeing three players with 10 points to 16 points you know 12 points here 14 points here uh you know i've had differing things with the book i saw had Radiker with 16 points, Robinson, Cam Robinson with 13 points, Owen Parker with 12 points. Um, a guy in this game that could be important, at least especially defensively, is Malachi Starks. Big-time athlete, um, not necessarily as tall or as long as Matt Cleveland, but you got a big-time football player in track and triple jump guy, you know, all this stuff. Uh, big-time athlete. He could kind of get in the way and make things a little bit difficult. Uh for Cleveland possibly, but I just think Pace Academy just way too loaded to the gills. We haven't even mentioned Madison Durr and Josh Reed and some of these other guys. I just think they're too juiced up this year. Uh, I, I see Pace Academy winning this one, but if Jefferson can somehow keep it close into the fourth quarter, anything can happen. Uh, but I just think Pace Academy just way too strong. I, 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 I see them winning by double digits. And we are halfway there, Kyle. On to day three, Friday, March the 6th. All games are down in the Macon Centriplex in 4A on the ladies' side. Different start times here. Start time is 11 a.m. for this one. Uh, Sandy Spiegel, number two. America Sumter will take on our number seven, Troop County. Troop County was very impressive. Now, they look completely different from when I saw them against Cedartown. Because obviously Anaya Palmer wasn't there. If you listen to our last podcast and all our podcasts, we said Anaya Palmer, the straw that stirs the drink for Troop County. And she she was tremendous. I know Carver was without Olivia Cochran, the All-American, going to Louisville. A huge deal, obviously. But Carver still had big size. Anisha Jones, Kamaya Edmonds, both about 6'2", 6'3". They hurt Troop a little bit. Uh, early on in the game, but then that kind of just went by the way. Sudden Troop had their way. Uh, Anaya Palmer, she is the player to watch in this one. The six-foot sophomore, she's she looks like a, a burgeoning star with just how she gets everything done in a smooth fashion, just her activity and her aggressiveness. 13 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, four steals, nine blocks against Carver. And, uh, you know, she was tremendous. Alicia Alix. Alexia Murphy, the freshman, 16 points, 10 rebounds. She has such a great nose for the ball. Um, this game is going to be front court versus back court, and that's something America Sumter does have experience in. Uh, they did beat Carver once this year, uh, so they, they, they have been the team with a really good front court. Uh, but I don't know. I'm looking at uh, the star matchup is going to be Anaya Palmer, versus uh, the choice I need, Jalisa Reese. Jalisa Reese, um, you know, they beat Luella in overtime. She locked down Keely Brown in the fourth quarter in overtime, uh, you know, face guarding her and everything. She finished with 18 points, nine rebounds, three assists, five steals, and one block. Now, Palmer, she is a two-way player, and as is Reese. Now, Palmer gets it done with her length and her, you know, her overall activity. 
You're looking at uh, a player in Reese who is just physically strong, cut up, super athletic. She gets it done with her effort as well. Uh, I, I'm looking at Troop in this game. I, I really do actually like Troop in this game. Uh, Amber Gilbert, uh, again, not overly tall, but about five foot nine, and rebounds, and they're just so tough on the glass. They rebound so well, and they play such good fundamental defense, and they get just enough from Jada Green and uh, some of these other guards, Samaria Weldon, Manaya Murphy. They get enough. They get enough from that guard position, and they play good enough defense. I think they're going to be able to hang in there with America Sumter. Obviously, um, they're going to have to locate Trinity Jones, make sure she doesn't get hot from deep, uh, and Tiffany Goodman, the other guard that leads uh, America Sumter in scoring. She had 12 points uh, in the semifinals. Uh, but I, I, I'm falling in love with Troop just from what I saw with Palmer. I think she's going to be able to guard every single position on the floor when needed, and I think um, their front court is going to be able to uh, attack uh, rebounds and earn second-chance points and be able to to give America Sumter some issues. And Jaleesa Reese, she's really, really good, but Palmer is the type of player that can you know make life difficult. She's going to be able to block a couple of her shots uh, going into the lane and make things uh, uh, pretty interesting. I'm going with Troop in this one. They've only lost one game all season long. That was in the uh, the region finals of Sandy Creek. They've gotten everything figured out since then. A big win over Carver Columbus. I know Carver wasn't at full strength, but Troop, that front court, the coaching, um, and the, just the fundamental defense, I think that'll translate well, and I think they'll be able to pull out a tight one over America Sumter. On the boys' side of Class 4A, we have 29-2 Woodward Academy, who used a second-half surge to get past Denmark in the Final Four, taking on uh, a 25-6 Cross Creek, who led nearly wire-to-wire against St. Pius. So this is interesting, right? Um, Cross Creek, who we said, you know, they looked terrible against Lafayette until the second half. They can sometimes fall in love with the three-point shot. Now, I had them 3-for-11 from three against St. Pius, which means... They pounded the ball inside for the most part, and they got good looks. And that's how they're supposed to win. That's how they win these games. That's how they're supposed to win these games. They're not going to be able to score in the paint against Walker Kessler. I'm sorry. Uh, Walker Kessler, he was terrible. He was really terrible against Denmark, and he still had 21 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 blocks, which is a testament to just how good he is and how long he is. Um Cross Creek has some size that can push him away from the basket, and they're going to have to hope that he comes out over amp like he did against uh, Denmark and hope that he becomes a three-point shooter and that he's not locking in from his three-point shot. He was 0 of 6 from 3. Uh, a lot of his shots hardly even hit the rim. He was just he was way off. He was over amped way off. And that's, that's what Cross Creek's going to have to hope for. They're going to have to hope for Kessler to have another bad game and to fall in love with his three-point shot and hope that it's off off target um but with that being said you're talking about cross creek they do have some big physical guys markel Ware is about six foot six and about 250 pounds uh, i'm gonna be interested to see how coach uh how coach kelly uh, lawrence kelly uses him is he gonna play a lot is he gonna be able to push him away what what are they gonna do to make sure that kessler is not at the rim uh, obviously Corey trotter as well a big strong kid at six foot six not a superstar athlete, though, but they do have the size. As far as uh, Class 4A goes, outside of Sandy Creek, uh, I would assume Cross Creek does match up the best as far as size goes when you're considering you got 
about three guys about six foot six, uh, and that's not even counting. You well, I guess it is including Kobe Stewart now, who's more of a perimeter player. But you do have uh, three six six guys that are long, uh, and then you have out of that six six, you do have two of those guys that are big and physical. No, but the whole thing is you got to keep Walker Kessler off the glass. Uh, as far as the guard matchup goes, Emery Lanier, obviously really good. Michael Whitmore, a little guy, but he, he's really talented and makes that team go. Then Emery, uh, we just mentioned Emery Lanier, but uh, Will Richard as well. Um, I think Woodward Academy is just going to have too much. I just don't know if Cross Creek's going to have enough uh, to compete with Woodward for the entire game. And Again, a team that can fall in love with the three. They're going to have to shoot a lot of threes, Cross Creek, and they're going to have to knock down a lot of threes. If they are, you know, fall into seeing that they can't score inside, which I don't foresee them being able to score uh, super efficiently inside, and that's a big issue considering how they could use that as a trump card against Marist, against probably even Carver Columbus, against St. Pius, against Lafayette. They could pound the ball inside and score when they really needed buckets. They can't do that against Woodward Academy. So, you know, if threes are falling, they'll have a shot. But this could be a game where, you know, they, they have to take 20 threes. And if they're not hitting 10 of them, they're going to be in trouble. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, Walker Kessler's just too big around the rim. And that's going to eliminate so much of what a cross creek can do well scoring inside. And that's going to put them in a bad spot. And for that reason, with uh, Walker Kessler being far from just a one-man team with that good guard play and you know quality athletes and quality size around him, I think Woodward wins this one. On to Class 5A on the ladies' side. Again, the start time here is going to be 6 o'clock. Please do pay attention to the start times as we get into Friday and Saturday. Um, a matchup that has seemed inevitable, Buford, a 30-1 Buford, is going to be taking on a Kell that has been Perfect all season, looks to win one more game to cap off a perfect season, and maybe usurp Buford in, up to number one in our Sandy Spiel poll, Kyle. So this is experience versus youth. Kell's never been here. Buford's always here. Buford's won three straight titles already, uh, looking to capture their fourth. Um, will the big stage be too much for Kell? I don't think it'll be too much for them. Crystal Henderson uh, had 25 points and a five-point win over Eagles Landing. Uh, she's going to have to be outstanding with her three-point shot. And then Buford dissected Woodland 52-30. So I think it's getting to nut-cutting time right now for Buford, and they've been able to win some of these games. Um, outside of their Carrollton game, which had won like 58-47, uh, everything's been a blowout. And Kel, they've handled most of their games by double digits as well, but that last game against Jones County was a nip and tuck game. They won by 10, and then obviously against Eagles landing by five. Um, I think Tate Walters is going to be really big going to Furman, the senior. She's already got three rings for Buford. Uh, her leadership and her composure against Kell. And we'll see, you know, I expect both teams to press each other. Um, that her, like I said, her just her calming presence is going to be big. Then you got Blair Wallace who can knock down threes. I think if she gets loose, she can really flip this game. And Ashia Willis, um, she had five points, five rebounds, six assists, and seven steals against Woodland. She is going to be really key because she really runs this Buford offense. Will Kell be able to defend her? Oh, we will see. I think she's going to be able to track down Crystal Henderson as well um, if they choose to put her on her. She has comparable speed and quickness to be able to stay in front. But the one thing where Kel might have advantage, 
they have that size and that length, and it's not overly big size, but uh, Jada Green, Amaya Moss, uh, uh, Gregory inside is very athletic. So they, they do have some pieces that can give them some issues, but uh, I just think it's going to be a really good game, really fun, interesting game. But I think Buford uh, down the stretch, I think they'll be able to execute just a little bit more. But if you're just looking at raw talent, I think Kell has more raw talent than Buford, but Buford's uh, discipline and their ability to win these big games. And, I mean, shoot, last year they probably, I mean, looking at the rosters, I mean, that was Villarica's championship to win. And I, I want to say Villarica might have been undefeated last year. Ramin, you might have to do a, a quick fact check if at all possible. Uh, I might be able to do it right now, but wasn't Villarica going into this game the, the same thing? Uh, as Kel, wasn't Villarica undefeated? Let me check it really quick for you. Villarica was undefeated last year, so that's that's the whole thing. Buford has seen undefeated teams in the state championship, and they have ruined perfect dream seasons. And I think they're going to play spoiler again against Kel. I think they're gonna they're gonna beat them because Villarica was the team to beat last year, and Buford took him down. And now Buford's playing a young version of a, a really undefeated team, a really good team. I think Buford wins this one. I think Kale's going to put up a really good fight, but Buford is not the team you want to see against in uh, in Macon. You do not want to see Gene Durden in, in March. And I think Buford's just going to execute enough to beat Kale in a really good game. And on the boys' side of 5A, if the final four games were any indication, boy, do we have a good one brewing. A 27-4 Dutchtown will be taking on a 28-3 Cedar Shoals. Kyle, Dutchtown defeated Kell 62-56 in one overtime, but that's not enough. Cedar Shoals, Southwest to cap 73-72 in four overtimes. Um, torn about this game, uh, who to pick, uh, Cedar Shoals, 28-3. You know, I think it's not fair to Cedar Shoals because when I saw them play, I saw them play against Archer, and they were completely stymied by Archer. And I, I got the box score right here, and this is what has kind of held me back from, you know, moving forward and picking them. I know they had a bad game, but Quincy Canny had 20 points and 7 rebounds and a 58-43 loss to Archer. No one else scored double digits. Tyler Johnson had a rough game with just 7 points. Uh, Jordavian Colbert only had four points. Kashik Brown only had five points. But during this magical run, everyone's been playing well. Tyler Johnson, obviously, uh, hit that big three to win uh, against uh, Southwest DeKalb. Um, you had Quincy Canty, who finished with uh, 27 points. But Jordavian Colbert has been one of the guys who has stepped up big time. He had 12 points in that game. Uh, and Kashik Brown has been good uh, throughout. They had those little guards, Colbert and Brown, Colbert and Brown are two small little guards, uh, but they have been good and they've been playing big, 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 big minutes and coming through in the clutch in the state playoffs. Now, you're looking at Dutchtown, who has that big size inside, Jermaine Mann and Cam Bryant. They can they can physically impose their will uh, against most teams, but they also have Cameron Hobbs, a good, talented guard, Isaiah Placid uh, also. So that's a, that's a good, well Around a team, Jordan Griffin, who's done a terrific job. Um, who am I going with in this one? It's really tough. Obviously, uh, I want to go with Cedar Shoals with all the, the the veteran leadership and how many times has Cedar Shoals been so close to the pinnacle? Adrico Thomas so close to reaching that pinnacle, and I want him to win a state championship. Um, 
but I don't want to get too emotionally invested in this game as well. I think it's going to be down to the wire. It's going to be a really, really good game again. Um, and it's going to come down to, is Cam Bryant going to be able to affect this game as well as he did in the last game? Cam Bryant, when he's going, you know, he's a 6'8", you know, combo forward that can take over games. And Jermaine Mann as well as a 6'5", power forward. Uh, the battle inside between Canty and Jermaine Mann alone is just worth the popcorn. That Those are two uh, similar guys who are just strong athletes and really talented and really good. Uh, those guys are going to be banging bodies inside all night long. Uh, I think role players, the supporting cast, who is going to get more out of this one. And I'm just going to go with what I, I, I went with all season long. I had Dutchtown ranked higher than Cedar Shoals for pretty much the entire season. Uh, I'm just going to go with Dutchtown. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to get emotionally invested because uh, I do – I do like Cedar Shoals as a team and as, as a as a program. They've done it the right way for a long time, and it would be nice to see them capture a title, but I'm going to go with Dutchtown in this one. Uh, I just think they might be you know, big enough and talented enough to beat Cedar Shoals and kind of end this magical run. But either way, again, I see this one going down to the final buzzer. And finally, we've gotten to the last day of the championships, day four of four. It will be Saturday, March the 7th, again down in Macon, starting at 1 p.m. 6A, Girls Glen Academy taking on Forest Park. Uh, we just talked about a, a great individual matchup between Jermaine Mann and um, uh, Quincy Canty. Uh, you have the same thing on the girls' side. This is the one-on-one matchup you want to see. So Weisha Smith going to UGA versus Saniya Fagan. So Weisha Smith has been unstoppable in the postseason. She put up 40 points against Sequoia. Uh, you know, obviously fast forward to what she did against Langston Hughes, 59, 38 against Langston Hughes. She had 35 points and 18 rebounds. A one-man wrecking crew. Now she goes against Saniya Fagan, who's you know about 6'3 and just as athletic and just as good. Uh, you know, Forest Park scored a 54-38 win over Valdosta, uh, and Fagan had 14 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, I like Glen Academy in this one. I think I like Glen Academy in this one with Latrinity Best going to Francis Marion, and then Talia Hamilton, uh, a streaky guard, but when she's on, she really helps out Glen Academy. Um, Fagan obviously has support from Western Carolina signee Joy Reed uh, and Janiah Jones, but I think Zoisha Smith, you know, I think she's not obviously, I don't think she's going for 35 points and 18 rebounds, but I think her just, her quickness, her athleticism, just her second leaping ability and her ability to score in the paint, I think she is going to be a handful. Um, you know, Forest Park did just beat a very long and lanky uh, Valdosta team, and that Valdosta team actually did beat Glenn Academy earlier in the season, maybe 45, 37, but that was way back in, I, I want to say, December. Uh, Glenn Academy is really good. Uh, I'm going to go with the Terrors. I just think Zoisha Smith, you know, she's going to be able to match up with Fagan. They're both going to, you know, have strong games, but I'm going with Glenn Academy. Uh, I just think they have the momentum right now, and Zoisha Smith is scorching hot. And I think she's going to be able to produce just enough. And I think she's going to carry her team to a state championship. 
On the boys' side of Class 6A, a 24-7 Chattahoochee keeps their run going, knocking off the defending state champions Tri-Cities to get to Macon, and they'll be taken on a 26-5 Lanier at 3 o'clock. Who has been more impressive in the postseason, Chattahoochee or Lanier? I would have to say it has to be Chattahoochee, right? Lanier has played three straight overtime games. They have been been making plays down the stretch, but they've been in tough situations. I mean, they beat Stevenson 60-58, to beat Langston Hughes 58-55, to and if South Cobb doesn't you know, kind of collapse there, I mean, shoot, South Cobb blew a 15-point lead. It was 45-30 going into the fourth quarter, and then the wheels fell off. Um, give credit to Sion James, Andrew McConnell, Isaiah Phillips. James willed them to victory with 26 points and 11 rebounds. Of course, he's going to Tulane. Uh, McConnell had 19 points, uh, and Phillips had 10 points. Um, but I don't know. They're, they can't keep falling behind and keep you know coming back and winning these games. I mean, South Cobb had that game won until everything really fell apart, and they I, I heard they kind of started to take the air out of the ball just a little bit, a little too early, and it came back. Can backfire. Now you're looking at Chattahoochee, who beat a really good Sequoia team, and they've they had some good wins all throughout. I mean, they beat Alexander, um, you know, right out of the gates. Chattahoochee, who we thought was just a two-man team with Franklin Bailey as that third three-point option. You know, obviously AJ White's going to get his points. He had 29 points, um, but Cam Sheffield, who's going to Rice, he only had 11 points. Now, if you were told at the beginning of the season AJ White's going to score 29 and Cam Sheffield's going to have 11. And, you know, that's what? How many points is that? About 40 points? That's 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 a good amount, but obviously that's two guys that are usually both scoring in, you know, 25 points per game. You would think they'd be in trouble. David McDaniel has been the difference. Late blooming 6-8 senior. He had 18 points against Tri-Cities in that 78-72 win. He has been the difference. Now you have a shot blocker, a rebounder, and a guy that's competent from you know 12 feet and in, able to score around the basket. He has changed Chattahoochee, and he is going to be another big factor again. Obviously, Lanier has Ryan Johnson inside, but Chattahoochee is hot right now. I'm riding the hot hand with Chattahoochee. Franklin Bailey obviously able to knock down some threes as well, can stretch out the defense. Now Lanier getting really good efforts from everybody, and Sion James, uh, you know, we'll see if he, who he uh, draws as far as defending. Will he be the big body guard that tries to guard AJ White, or is he going to get Sheffield? We'll see. But Chattahoochee has been better consistently throughout the season and throughout the postseason, and for that reason, I think I'm going with Chattahoochee with the emergence of David McDaniel giving them something at the rim to block shots and score around the basket. I'm going with Chattahoochee to win the state title over Lanier. I think Lanier's uh, magic of you know tight games and overtime thrillers, I think it might finally run out, and I think Chattahoochee gets the job done. On to Class 7A on the ladies' side. A little bit of the same motifs as the 5A girls. Number one, Westlake will look off to win yet another state championship against uh, Collins Hill. How many games in a row has Westlake won against uh, State of Georgia opponents? I mean, they haven't lost since 2017, I don't believe. Um, They just brutalized Cherokee 62-33, and that's all I need to see. 62-33 against Cherokee. Collins Hill won 54-37 against Campbell. 
Westlake is going to win the state title. I'm picking them to win. Um, Collins Hill, uh, you know, two girls you might know very well. I might, you know, you might have graduated by then, but the Northview backcourt, Collins Hill is a new Northview with Eden Sample and Asia Ennis combining for 29, uh, no, 39 points, sorry. No, 29 points. What's 18 plus 11 remain? That's 29, correct? 29, uh, correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was not a math major, but um, they had a good game against Campbell, but Westlake's going to win this game. Raven Johnson, 16 points. Denia Latson, 17 points against Cherokee. Um, Lydia Freeman, two big inside. Sasha Washington only had nine points against Campbell. Uh, she wasn't able to establish herself against Campbell, a team full of guards that press, press, press. I don't think she's going to be able to establish herself against a six foot five uh, big girl and Lydia Freeman who's going to Georgia Southern. I think Westlake wins this one. Westlake is just way too good, and that's a team that's been together. Um, I, I mean, I know tonight Latson transferred in, but Westlake's been together uh, since day one. Collins Hill, you know, Frankenstein roster trying to pluck and pull players. I'm going with Westlake. I think Hankerson is going to get the job done. X and O's wise, and I think they're going to win another state title. I just think they're too much of a complete team, and Collins Hill has not challenged themselves throughout the season, um, and I think that's going to come back to haunt them. And with how well Westlake did against Cherokee uh, by 29 points, I just can't foresee Westlake losing this game. Raven Johnson uh, hurt them last year in the championship game. Uh, Brianna Turnage had a really good game against them with about 14.7 rebounds in the championship. And then Lydia Freeman, I think she finished with 16 points and nine rebounds last year in the title game. Obviously, Collins Hill went out and got an entire new roster to try and compete with Westlake, but I don't think they're going to get the job done. I'm going with Westlake. And finally, championship game number 16, 7.30 on Saturday, the nightcap, the ultimate nightcap. Um, number one, Grayson versus number four, Wheeler, Kyle. These two teams met up December 7th. 73-68, Wheeler won this. Uh, no, Wheeler lost this game. Pardon me. Grayson won this game, obviously. 73-68. But Wheeler was in front. Grayson trailed by 10 points in the fourth quarter until Tanari Lane, who's going to Winthrop, hit some big threes. He finished with 19 points and four threes made. Uh, Kayla Murphy had 15 points and four steals. Davon Smith. 16.6 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals. And Caden McArthur off the bench, 11 big points and 4 steals. Wheeler, exceptionally well coached with Larry Thompson. So good defensively, so tough inside with Sam Hines and Jaheim Hudson. They are going to have to play a good, big, you know, powerful game inside. And this is going to be a game that is going to be low scoring. I think this game is going to be low scoring. Um... Wheeler's going to have to muck it up and just get some gritty points around the paint. But these rosters have changed since then. You know, Isaiah Collier, the freshman, he had 11 points in that game for Wheeler. He's gone. He's not in the fa- you know, he's not in the mix. He broke that shoulder. He's he's not playing. Um and I think Grayson has really come together as a team since that close win. I think they've been playing exceptionally well. I mean, I saw them humiliate <laughs> Norcross. Uh, and then they were able to pull out a, a gritty win against uh, McEachern, 82-76, in a game that I believe I saw they were up 15 going into the fourth quarter, but they were able to hold on. Um, 
the big matchup here, obviously, you know, the two key matchups, you know, does Wheeler have enough guard play to compete with Grayson? Can they slow down Davon Smith and Caleb Murphy who have just, you know, run a rough shot over the competition? They don't on paper match up well uh, with Grayson's guards. But where they do match up is inside. Jaheim Hudson and Sam Hines going up against uh, Ian Shifflin, who is going to have to play great. Now, Ian Shifflin's not going to have to score uh, 20 points to win this game, but he's going to have to rebound, and he's going to have to alter shots. And I think Tajay Kelly off the bench is going to see some minutes, and he's going to have to do the same thing, protect the rim. They did a great job against Norcross, and they made Norcross look flat-out bad. And he did just what he had to do. Shifflin had maybe, I don't know, maybe about close to eight points against Norcross, but he rebounded, and he did what he was supposed to do. And he's going to have to do the same thing against Jaheim Hudson. Um, I think Grayson, I'm going with Grayson in this one. It's hard to pick against Grayson. I think Wheeler is going to have a great game plan, and they're going to make it uh, uh, punch you in the mouth low-scoring, gritty game, and they're going to score inside. And I think it's going to be close throughout, but I think at the end of the day, Grayson, too much offensive firepower. I think the guard play is just going to be the deciding factor, and they're going to be able to find a way to win this one. So I'm going with Grayson to capture their first-ever state title and beat a really tough, gritty, hard-nosed Wheeler team. That will do it, Kyle. We've gone through four days. Wednesday through Saturday is championship weekend, an extended four-day weekend, if you want to call it that, down in the Macon Centriplex. You will be heading down there shortly, I assume, Kyle. We're recording this on Monday night, so you're going to have to pack your bags and start driving pretty soon here. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything tips off what uh, on Wednesday. So I'm going to be uh, – getting some final touches on everything I got to get done over here, but I'll be heading down to Macon. I'll be there all four days. Um, I got to put together these outfits and try to look my best, but uh, it's going to be a great, great week of hoops. Um, Ramin, was it, was it last year? Uh, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but was it last year? All our state championship games were just not even close. I know, we had a good one, and then we had, I want to say, it might have been like 12 out of the 16 games were decided by uh, double digits. And I could I can effort that research right now and, and pull it up. It as was last year, I want to say, because the year before that, we were still at a UGA in Georgia Tech, and they had some close ones there. Right. So right. I do want to say it was last year. Yeah, and I got it pulled up right here. I'm looking at, you know, Holy Innocence beat Wesley in 75-48. And, yeah, that pretty much set the tone for the rest of the – the week we did not have many uh games that were close and uh, i'm hoping that it's different this time around i think it should be different this time around uh so uh that's something to look forward to um but you know looking back you know we did have some really good games last year so it might have been actually the year before that because i'm looking at you know a lot of these games were pretty close so it was probably the year before that where we had some stinkers. A lot of these games were pretty close. You know, Johnson, Hart County, all these I'm scrolling through. Scrolling through. Um, so it was the year before. So um, I'm glad we did look at that. So last year was really good. The year before that, we had a lot of stinkers. Um, so I'm looking forward to another great, great, great championship slate. Should be fun. Um, all state teams will come out at the conclusion of the state playoffs. So keep an eye on that. 
Um, but Vermeen, uh, my mouth is going numb right now, which means I've been talking too much. So I'll let you wrap it up, sir. Thank you, Kyle. As Kyle said, um, making Centerplex Wednesday through Saturday. We hope to see you there. He'll be easy to find. Nice, tall with the bow tie on. Um, come say hi if you can't on Twitter at KyleSandy355 at Sandy Spiel. Of course, the website SandySpiel.com will have the championship game recaps as they happen and the All-State teams to be released shortly. Uh, we will probably will get back to you for a post-championship recap reflections podcast after everything cools off for a bit in a week or so following the final game. Um, the website, the coaching carousel is up already and will probably be percolated with new names as the offseason progresses. But until the next time, we thank you for listening along all season. This is not goodbye quite yet, but this is the final hurrah of this season of this march to make and we hope the championship games are good and thank you for listening on behalf of kyle this is ramin signing off